SnatchCast29. I'm Mark. He's Josh. Thanks for listening. You're about to hear a conversation about food. We talk about the news of the week that matters to us. And we're smart, so it matters to you too. Whole Foods is coming up. Other stuff. Seeds. And fat. And one more. And I can't. I do you. Jackfruit. Enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Starting next episode? Yeah, not this one. Yeah, we don't have a skit planned. Well, I mean, imp- we just improv that. Just boom. Okay, then you never know what might happen. Josh, you've just been laid off from Whole Foods. I'm going to be uh, the gonna... hiring manager at Kroger. Let's go. Ooh. That's, that's a little No, I could improv on that. I was a I was a scab at Safeway a long time ago. <laughs> like the Safeway by my high school, uh, all what? the... Every... In, in a pinch, they went to you? Well, everyone went on strike. And my friend Greg, who we've talked about on this podcast, and his friend John both worked at that Safeway, and they were on strike. And they told me, like, hey, dude, Safeway's hiring scab workers, and they paid an obscene amount of money. They did? The hourly rate, I worked in the produce department, it was like $20 an hour. Whoa. Yeah. And so I would break through, I would walk through the picket lines and go work in produce, and I'd look outside, and every once in a while, like, there was this lady once who had a sign it said something on one side about unfair wages, and on the other side it said scab, and she would just, every time she'd see me looking at her, she'd show me the sign that said scab, and then I'd just wave and smile. Ouch. But the best part was, you know, if you worked at Safeway, if you were one of their union employees during the strike, you had to, if you showed up and were on the picket line, you would get paid. So my friend Greg would go and picket, and then I would be, when I was ready for my lunch break, I'd walk out, and all the employees would yell at me, call me a scab, and then I'd go walk over to Greg. This He'd, is horrible. Greg would set down his sign, and we would go Explain so much about lunch. you. That I would work as a scab? Just it's, self-esteem it's not issues, fucking, yeah. It's not Billy Elliot. It's not, like, <laughs> my, coal I, mining. That should be your uh, bio. I was a Safeway scab. Yeah, I don't think I would feel as good about breaking the picket lines on a coal mine or something. This is topical, man. Whole Foods Where lay off a bunch of people. I know. But we're not going to talk about that right now. Why? I think we're going to close with that. No fucking rules. All right. Stick around for that. <laughs> Housekeeping. I know the guy's name in Sweden. Favikin. It's Magnus Nilsson. Top 20 restaurant. Nord, Nordic power. Oh, culinary power. Nordic power. I just got it wrong. You kept telling me, trying to tell me it was Marcus Samuelson, and I knew that was not right. Well, he is a Scandinavian chef. I believe he's from Ethiopia, though. He was adopted Correct. by Scandinavians. What? By the country or by actual Scandinavians? By a Scandinavian couple, I believe. He oh, was raised God. in Sweden, I think. Well, I, what did I call the guy last week? First, I called him Harry Nilsson. Yeah. <laughs> it's Magnus. Got Everybody's it. talking at me. Second I can't up. hear a word they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I like that one. Who doesn't? All right, I'm going to read you a tweet. I wrote it. What? Our friend at Annie's, CEO John, uh-huh. liked it. Okay. I want to know if it was... I, I, I want a response from you. 
because this was a good tweet, I thought. Yeah, it crops weird on mobile in this Google Doc. So would you read it to me? Yeah, well, that's part of the setup. In your voice? Just drank a bug that fell into my marg. Does that count as saving the world? All right, you didn't go 140 characters, so you could have said margarita. No, but it's part of the charm of the tweet, marg. There's nothing charming about marg. Were you on a a mini vacay? Yep. (laughs) Okay. Um, Got hung up on marg. That's part of the playful. In a, know, in a racial like, way, it's like brekkie. Were you having a marg with brekkie? I don't like the word marg either. Okay. Oh, so you were making fun of it. Yeah. In making fun of yourself too. Self-referential. Okay, I like that. Um, did I save the world? Hey, pretty solid tweet, Mark. Yeah, I thought so. I like it. Simpatico with Mr. Four Acre Foraker. Yep, you guys are kindred spirits. Ah. Beijing goes sprout core. Do you see this photo? I did. Are you aware of the phenomenon? No, and that picture really didn't explain it to me, but it looks like youth, the South uh, South Korean youth are... Well, that was Beijing. Oh, did you say Beijing? Oh, Beijing. So Chinese youth are in putting little sprouts into their hair. I don't know if it's a weave, yep. an applique, <laughs> I'm not sure. But so it looks like there's one single sprout growing out of your... Right at the top of your head. Your cowlick back there. Right at the top. Boom. Yep. Yep. I think that the, the mechanics of it are that. I think they have a little clip and they get a sprout and they put it in there and it grows toward the sun or something. Like if that's that. a real sprout and you're walking through Beijing with it on your head, it probably only takes seconds for it to wilt and die in that polluted air. Or so, so get okay. everyone doing it and you're soaking up all the pollution. Oh, yeah, that'll solve climate change. I think that um, if you want to read something into the sprout core movement, it's that. It's like, hey, we live in the most toxic air in the world but we're going to fight it with little sprouts growing on the top of our head I think the actual answer is that there's some popular animated character in, who when he thinks really hard a sprout pops out of his head or something like that that sounds possible but it's adorbs photos totes and you got a jackfruit update for us check the show notes we'll get that up there yeah have you? It, it, so we were talking about it last week right we called this yeah. one <laughs> yeah of course we did it's lighting it up, and the in, the industry is a lit. Everyone's into jackfruit. With jackfruit, there's the jackfruit company. There's Upton's, which has that very bespoke, hipsterish. Yeah, the, well, the two companies that are mentioned here, one of them's Upton, and what's the other one? It's called the Jackfruit Company. Both of which I just said mere seconds ago. Just hey, just reiterating it, bringing it home for everybody. And yeah, the bespoke. See, that, mar- that packaging is going to become very dated very quickly. Whereas the Jackfruit Ooh. Company, it looks like it's straight out of the 90s. <laughs> so I don't know which... So you're saying both of them are packaging failures in your mind? Branding failures? Mm, slight. Well, the, the Upton one is maybe more of a, of a, temp- a, a success for now, but they're going to have to repackage and rebrand. Yeah. In- and Jackfruit's just not as thoughtful overall. Yeah, Jack. it kind of looks like... Um, like, an, like a noodle bowl, or I don't know. Like a, <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Having that Zevia. <laughs> the Thanks, Dr. Buddy. Z, Dr. Z, Dr. <laughs> Zevia. Podcasting pros know what to drink. Yep. Carbonated mm. beverages. Yeah, you want to be belching on air. Anyway. So jackfruit's a thing. We called it. Yep. We know this stuff. Every More. week we're giving you these nuggets. Yep. You should be making millions of dollars off of these nuggets, because we're not. It's not about the money. But I got a question about jackfruit. Yep. So it's the hot new it meat alternative. Mm-hmm. But we've known about it for, yeah, you know, people that. Smoked jackfruit, populist restaurant, episode 28. 
super high fiber, low protein. Not low, low protein, but lower mm. than other meat substitutes. Mm. Lowish. A problem in a protein obsessed culture such as ours. What are you going to do? I'm just saying it's a challenge long term in a protein obsessed culture such as, such as ours. I just said that moments <laughs> ago. Sign of the times, part two. All right. Bee tongues are shrinking. You know, what's funny is I heard this on a podcast this morning from the BBC Science Corps. You listen to other podcasts? Scores of other podcasts. Ooh. In the know, baby. Let's, here, do tell. About the podcast? A couple about, favorites. Um, we're, we're not selective about elitist about our podcast. No, well, the, for the one I listened to today was the first time I listened to it. It wasn't BBC Science Corps. Let me, let, me, let me open my app. Oh, yeah. Why don't you go to your phone? So what do we have in my podcast app? We'll have a nice delay and some interference. I've got Doug Loves Movies. Doug Benson. Doug Benson. Uh, How long are those? A video, or a, an, it's a game show that he plays in front of a live audience. Leonard Mon game, other movie-related games. It's about yeah, okay. one else? to two hours. Ooh, okay. What else? Uh, Let's Make Mistakes, which Ooh. is a design podcast. It's really nope. good. Don't know it. Got a Yeah Dude. Okay. You know that one. Hell yeah. Global News Podcast from BBC World News. I like to start off my mornings with some just soul-crushing bad news. <laughs> I like my kids to hear that, too, while they're eating breakfast. You don't, you, no NPR then, huh? Our house has NPR. Matchcast. I actually have the NPR app separately. I don't have the app. I just play the radio. I listen to WBEZ live stream on the weekends. That's Chicago Public Radio because I used to live there and it reminds me of being there and they have a few shows that I really like. It carries me through Saturday morning. Mm. Saturday mo- Saturdays are tough. We, we know. Reference episode 26, Tyler Wells. Saturdays, high expectations, sometimes a low yield of, King of coffee. fun. So Not at his best on Saturdays. Nope. What are you podcasting, buddy? Oh, thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me go to my phone. When I, I just, go to my uh, pillow, <laughs> I got a li- Here's my list: Natchcast, Oh yeah, dude, Spontaneous Nation, Judge Hodgman, Radio Lab, Mystery Show, mm. All Songs Considered, Limetown, The Growth Show, Gastropod, Gravy, Munchies, The Podcast. Here's the thing with Alec Baldwin, WTF? If I like the guest, it's pretty really- mainstream. I'm in a mainstream mode on my podcasts. Uh, yeah, I should mention I have the WTF app. I listen to that one. Whoa. Every episode, pretty much. That's a pay-to-play sort of thing? No, I don't have the premium app just yet. But mm-hmm. it's just a, I don't know, I downloaded it a while ago. I so mean, he just has a free app? Yeah, where you can listen to all the episodes and then if you, but he just migrated to a different. Howl. Howl, that's yeah. it. Podcasts are on fire. They're on the move, too. It's hard to keep your finger on them. Bee tongues are shrinking. Or up them. Or down the pistol. <laughs> Something, it's just, you know, of course. Something What's, about a fla- a wild, it was, it was Colorado where they were studying, yes, studying this. Yes, A wildflower, it was too hot, it wasn't growing anymore. So the bees switched food sources and it had a shorter tube. Mm-hmm. And their sh- tongue shrunk. Yeah, and actually growing a bee with a shorter tongue requires less energy from mother bee. So in some ways, it's a boon. It's, is, well, that was what the subtext, right? Can the bees evolve quickly enough to Apparently counteract? they can. Yeah. It only took 40 generations for this to happen. And I, I got another bee-related nugget for you. They're f- to help bees combat the poisonous nastiness of pesticides, commercial-grade pesticides, they're giving bees probiotics. 
I, yeah, did, they're calling them pro B audits. <laughs> I thought we talked about. We didn't talk about that. I know we talked about tiny backpacks for bees. Maybe we did hit up pro biots. Well, I never knew it was pro biotics, but that's well, cute. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. How that's do you resist super, that? Super cute. Okay. That's all I got for you on that. Next. Fucking Gen Z already replacing millennials with the marketers. I saw a lot of stories about Gen Z this week. And, like, I thought, okay, well, what's that going to mean for food? And, and, and the takeaway was, was this is a generation that grew up not thinking the world was okay not thinking they could do whatever they wanted to do and just be happy and pursue their dreams. They're not very, thinking that they could buy the world a smile. They're very pragmatic. Yeah. And they're also tech natives in that they, you know, there was never a time without smartphone, internet, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. They're always online. What they does it mean for food? Ideate. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I got, well, no, I got some ideas if you're not ready to ideate. Well, you've got some bullet points here that are yeah. interesting. Uh, what well, is that's it? why authenticity works. That's why yeah. it's like, don't feed me bullshit. No, I, it's it's I transparency know. and it's storytelling, but it's micro-sized storytelling. It's authentic storytelling. Yeah, it's storytelling and fits and starts, little bits and pieces that story... hopefully fit together in a mosaic that resembles a brand. <laughs> Ooh. The story. The stories, uh, and they're more about mission, right? What you're doing to fix things, how you're not evil you're not yeah. creating problems as opposed to your brand trying to create aspirations of happiness and we're all mm-hmm. this is good news Bang usually when i Tuesday think of gen night. z i get a little bit melancholy and kind of like oh the kids but at least they're responding to more i mean they're yeah, responding to authenticity that's good because that's good. we're a generation that is trained to respond to hyper dramatic bullshit swell orchestral swells <laughs> There was an orchestral swell. Gastrointestinal <laughs> swells. Also, more sustainability. Duh. Yeah. If you're being pragmatic, forget natural. That's why there's a natural 2.0 coming that is food tech driven. We know this on Natchcast. That's why insects. You might be like, it never happened. But you know what? No choice. Yeah. Plants? Yeah. Meat? Me. Fading. Got it. And then, of course, food tech. That's, yeah. Food tech in ascension, natural peaking, blah, blah, blah. All right, buddy, look at this. You see this picture? Yeah, a Whopper bun with A1 sauce baked right into it, so it's black. It's a Halloween Whopper. Ooh, found this from John Craven at Old BevNet Pros. Oh, Craven, look, you pro you. A black bunned Whopper Yep. with A1 steak sauce. You know what I think? Uh, what do you think? I think somebody came up with that in an ad agency, and it's not going to go well, and their job is in jeopardy. Perhaps. But again, it's one day. What are they going to sell it one day out of the year? Might work. I haven't actually wanted to eat Oh, you're right. It's like green stuff on. Yeah. Same. Yeah. But black buns, a little hard to sell. I haven't. <laughs> I have not. Eaten. Could, be, could be the episode quote right there. There you go. <laughs> I don't think I've had a Whopper in uh, at least a decade or something. But this actually made me, for a moment, be like, hmm, I wonder if I'd eat a Whopper. Just got to get that down. Black buns, little hard to sell. All right. So, seeds. Is that it? Did good as gold. The, we got through the short nuggets here? We got to keep moving, man. Oh, you yeah. got a call. Gilded Insider has a call. <laughs> Who knows? I got a Natch Lab, that shit. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. Some seed stuff happened. I felt like we should have a little seed chat. All right. 
Bring oh, it. I'll set it up. All right. Reclaiming serious seeds from an icy Arctic vault. Dan Charles, NPR, pro. It's almost, it's like a James Bond setup, right? Oh, yeah. Did you see the picture? Yeah. It's like this giant seed vault just wedged into the fucking ice. <laughs> it's pretty badass. It is a, a Bond villain. Should live <laughs> but there. instead, it's seeds. Instead, it's in the seeds. Halfway between mainland Norway and the North Pole, there's an underground vault filled with seeds. It's mm-hmm. sometimes called the Doomsday Vault. Uh-oh. For the past seven years, scientists have been putting seeds into this vault, filling it with samples of the crops that people rely on for food. Now, for the first time, they're about to bring some seeds back out. Yeah, pretty exciting, I guess. (laughs) Now that I read it, it's like, it really feels dramatic, but it's not really that dramatic. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute, they took some seeds in there and now they're going to bring them back out? Yeah, 135,000 seeds in there. I found this story a little confusing, honestly. Well, it, I think, yeah, it wasn't. So it sounds like they there was a seed repository somewhere in Syria. Syria. That was going to get trashed by the pure insanity happening there. Well, so they, they, rep- m- they replicated the seed bank in Norway. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now they're so going to bring them back out. So your redundancies are, are yeah. And then, and then Syria's in jeopardy. They want to move it to Morocco. I might, you know, I might move it to... Uh, uh, New yeah. Zealand or uh, New Zealand or uh, I don't know Greenland. You or, got a problem with Morocco, huh? I just I, you know if I had to pick like where do I think it's going to be nice and calm for a long, long time? Dubai. No, I would go. Where do you think there's the least civil unrest potential in the world? Kansas. <laughs> there you go, Kansas. Or actually, no Iowa. Let me go Iowa. I give it. To, I give it to these Nords. Sweden. Yeah. Let these chefs do something with the Swiss. What about the Swiss? There you go. The Swiss. Uh, 135,000 different seeds, you know, staples like wheat, barley, chickpeas, lentils. Uh, They're bringing some out to when they replicate, when they move the vault, right? And, you know, some of these seeds haven't been planted for years. There's great potential in them if, say, you got seed A, gets stricken with some blight, but in the vault, a seed is pure potential, Mark, by definition. And you know what I think of when I think of seeds? I think of Cliff Bar. Cliff. Nice product placement. <laughs> They're not, not because they have seeds in their products. Oh, okay. One of their major philanthropic efforts, Seed Matters. Mm. Pro name Matt Dillon. Matthew Dillon. Matt Dillon. Yeah, makes you, you think of Rumblefish. <laughs> makes me think of Factotum most recently. Didn't see that. Pretty good. Better than you'd expect. A different side of Chinaski. It so they're they're all about nurturing organic seeds, so we don't lose them, protect them, save them, understand the importance of them, create programming around them, etc. That, that's what you can do when you're a long-term thinking, privately owned company. Mm-hmm. You can do shit that takes decades and generations to have a dramatic impact. Seeds. Organic seeds. You think of organic seeds? Remember them. Seed matters. Okay. Part two of seeds. Go ahead. This Monsanto thing? Yeah. This is less about seeds, though. It's about a pivot. Pivoting after yeah, failed Syngenta bid Monsanto to build a big data business. Yeah. Well, I think people associate seeds with Monsanto. Oh, I just kind of associate them with toxic spray. Spray and evil. They, they want to sell you the seeds with the GMOs in them. 
I know. I'm not saying I, I'm saying the first thing I think of is just like a big uh, noxious skull no. made of poison gas. Got it. See? Go to Reuters. PJ Huffstutter and Carrie Gillum. Milliam. With its shares trading at three-year lows since it abandoned a, four, a $46 billion bid to buy Syngenta Ag last month, Monsanto Co. plans to offer its shareholders a new corporate vision, a future in big data. 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 Monsanto executives are seeking to reposition the company as a business built on data, science, ser- science and services, as well as traditional chemicals, seeds, and genetic traits operations. Chief Technology Officer Robert T. Fart Fraley yeah. told Reuters in an interview, <laughs> we transformed... You're off the rails. Keep going. Fine. We transformed from industrial chemical company to a biotech company, then to a seeds company, Fraley said. Now we're transforming again. It's just that simple. We've gone from Mecca fucking Godzilla uh-huh. to Voltron, and now we're going to Optimus Prime. I love Reuters. Or more Megatron, probably. Yeah. Well, I, I, I put the, I mean, you, so that when, when we talk big data in ag, we are all about Internet of Things. I think, I don't know if you have a full grasp of what the <laughs> Internet of Things is. Come on! Big data is more about, like, just gathering data. Internet of Things is getting disparate yeah. Uh, physical objects to communicate yeah. data, you, like well, so, relevant okay. data. Right. The, I mean, it's... So some of it is not, but some of it it's is. It's more about... Here's the thing. If you have... I mean, Monsanto's y- y- in y- position to gather enormous y- amounts of y- data. Y- most of it seems to be about, like, crop yields and weather and stuff. But if you have yeah. all this data, it's about sifting through it and finding the stories. It's well, really a storytelling exercise. It's finding the value and the threads. Well, usefulness. And then the, once yeah. you've found that, then you can kind of, you know, funnel that down into some sort of connected device if that seems reasonable. Or So, listen, for the record, I know what the Internet of Things is. Are you sure? <laughs> and for the record, we're talking about both things here. Big data, usefulness of big data interpretation and yeah. make your business better. But also field sensors, mm-hmm. monitors in the field, applicators, talking to each other talking back to handhelds and the farmers where do they have headquarters house in their silos barn wherever they are they have they usually have homes and then optimizing how you like okay them. i see what you're going with the sensors that makes sense there's sensors and they segment the field and like they figure out how the soil changes in a field right and you're going to plant differently and you're going to spray differently and so they've got all this data collection going that is hot right now Everyone wants data and lots Who's of it. Who's going to own it? The farmer or Monsanto? That's a big question. But oh then the boy. bigger question is like, what are you going to do with it? Like, how are you going to make, how are you going to mine value out of it? Well, everybody's beginning to think that there's something there and that you will be able to. Yeah, and it's probably... Nobody's done it yet. Something well. around efficiency too. Like, being And there's out. widespread usage of this. Like, tons of farmers are using it because it's free. Mm-hmm. And then if and then they want to start charging them for it. Yeah, I don't think the, it's going to stay free for long. And then the farmer's going to be like, well, who the hell are you going to use my data to like... I don't know. To take sell over to the my, world? Sell it to my, sell it to the Jacksons over there who are, have always been trying to outcrop me. <laughs> so you're taking it back to like a Montague <laughs> Capulet yeah. divide. That's good. I don't know. So I'm beginning to wonder, Monsanto's stock's all beat up. They didn't, they couldn't make uh, Ubel Agro Works. Couldn't make it happen. Come to life. Everyone thinks that they're evil as shit. I, that maybe. Their the, products are. Maybe we should buy that stock. Under. 
in heightened a, scrutiny. In a true Natchcast move. <laughs> you want to buy Monsanto <laughs> stock while it's low? Buy it. Because we believe in their big data. We just want to make money out of it and then go to the shareholder meeting and podcast. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. We'll skip. Let's move on. Let's move on. The real deal on supplements. <sighs> tell me about it. Well, I, all right. Gilded Insider. Yeah, I got a lot of, we got to do a whole podcast on supplements. He's up to his nuts on supplements. <laughs> I'm taking one supplement right now. I just meant supplement knowledge and No, I know what you meant, but grief. For for many most of the time I never I don't take any. Then occasionally I dabble and I don't and then I go, Why am I doing this? Do they make anything to strengthen your chlorinated brittle hair? Miracle healers, the economist. Supplements boast a unique trifecta. Lax regulation, potent marketing, and millions of credulous credulous consumers keen to keen to pin their hopes of a healthier life on a pill. It's an industry that has proven time and again that it is very resilient, says Mike Archbold, boss of GNC, a vitamin retailer. I talked to Archbold before. Yeah, I've been to a GNC once. Pre-GNC. So, a few points to make here. Yes, it's this is an, essentially an American paradox and problem. Because regulations are different around the world. Big landmark thing happened here in 1994 to create boost this market. Everybody thinks supplements aren't regulated. They are, but in a weird way. Um, Problems on two fronts for supplements. Are they safe and do they work? And you can go after them on either one, Mm. as we've seen. Yes, we have. Tainted supplements. uh, Dr. Oz's taint. Um, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I don't know what that, that... Kind of threw me. And then you've got... F- the, so the long-term question here, I think, is is you could clean up the industry. Yeah. You could clean it up. You could regulate it more effectively. Uh, you could fight those battles, which would be interesting because the main lobbying group for the supplement industry, the Council for Responsible Nutrition, as this article points out, has a $6 million budget, which, I mean, come on, in the grand scheme of things, is not big for an industry. But it happens to be more than... The FDA's Division of Dietary Supplements has. They got $5.2 million to police the entire industry. Whew. I thought that was telling. You get it too clean, though, and then the industry loses its kind of Ooh. Willy Wonka whimsy. Yeah. Just right now, it's just like there's a happy little pill for everything. <laughs> and they can, do all, they can do all these magical things. It's a love-hate deal going on there. We don't need, we don't need to prove it. Just but here's believe the, it. Here's the crux of the issue, which, which very rarely is spoken about. I would get on stages and try to make this point, and it was deaf ears. Well, now you've got everyone's attention, Mark. Let's have it. So when The Economist says this, I feel a mix of emotions. Okay. (laughs) Draw draw this out. Let's see where it goes. The industry's gravest threat may not be regulators or huffy academics. I don't know what that means, but what's implied here is... Oh, huffy is like when you're like... (sighs) Therefore, but a simpler foe. Consumers are increasingly keen on natural and organic foods. Last year, sales grew by 12.7% compared to supplements rise of 5.1%. According to the Nutrition Business Journal that I used to know. You used to captain. <laughs> That's the long-term threat. I. It seems like the supplement, I'm talking louder now. The, supplement, the supplement proposition is weak. In the long term, insofar as 
If this is a little thing you need to do all the time to fill the gaps in your diet, well, there's a lot of attention on cleaning up diet and eating healthier food. So that's a less attractive proposition. If this is like a medicine that's going to help you prevent or cure your problems, well, then you got to regulate it like that a little differently. It's not just this happy-go-lucky Willy Wonka chocolate factory. So they're dancing around in the middle there. And like, oh, sales are good, sales are bad. Well, we're getting beat up a lot. Eh, we've weathered it before. Is this different? Long-term threat. We just really get smart about food. Is this an agile industry, though? Can they respond to people no. getting off processed foods and maybe starting to not suffer from some of the problems these supplements uh, claim to cure I would, or I would, prevent? I would say it is not an agile industry uh, by uh, because it hasn't needed to be. Are there agile there used people to be a, within the industry? There are some who could take it in a new in a new direction. Uh, not as many as there should be. He wonders. I know, and there should be more. Okay, I'd like to hear from them at some point. Well, we'll get okay. Well, we can call them, get on, them man. on there. All right. But that's yeah. So why? So why is that sort of important? If supplements are medicine, because food is the next healthcare frontier. By Gene Tesler. For, I think there's a contributing article to Forbes. <laughs> my, I don't have my glasses on. I thought it said 4Bs.com. I was like, wow, there's a 4Bs website? And they're producing dynamite <laughs> articles like this? <laughs> Consider this. The U.S. spending on healthcare-related costs is $2.9 trillion annually. Consumer spending on food, in-home and out-of-home combined, is a staggering $1.4 trillion annually. Food, in fact is the largest expenditure outside of health care that, uh, that significantly impacts our overall health. It makes sense that if we want to move the needle on population health, we should focus on food and considering leveraging, consider leveraging food in the healthcare space on a more formal basis. Mm, that's the point. There you go. I like that. I, uh, it's good. We need, we need to set things up with little data points like that. Yeah. Leverage Numbers. food. No, two point nine trillion, one point four trillion. Big numbers. Big numbers. Big numbers. Big data. Big numbers. We got it all. This is a whole other. There's an in between thing. There's food. You can just buy it. Do your best. Supplements, pills over here. Medical food. Medical food has to be prescribed by your doctor. What? Well, yeah, yeah. Medical food. Therapeutic. Yeah, like if you have, I don't know, say you have. Wait, so you can't get turmeric unless your doctor prescribes it for inflammation? (laughs) There, there is a medical food category that is kind of weird, and people don't understand very well. But that's what it is. It's It's like Vicodin infused lettuce. (laughs) See, you're right. People don't understand it. If you're like, I don't know, if you have, if you're severely compromised from some GI distress. And like a doctor will go, you've got to drink this particular shake made by this pharmaceutical manufacturer. Oh, okay. With the right nutrient density and load. We need to monitor your diet and control it. It's going to break up that fecal impaction. Different, but yes. But I think there's potential here. Dollars are big enough. Getting really smarter about. So we've talked about chefs training doctors. Like this is how you actually cook food, dummy. Yeah, I mean, that's what I felt like this article was focused more on preventative care sort of like not so much sure yeah constipation shakes but like well but i think that what will happen is that yeah you train doctors how to eat how to cook better so that they're better able to talk in office so they they look healthier too (laughs) they look healthier 
<laughs> that would help. And they can talk to their patients more effectively about food and diet. But you're also going to have, they're going to figure out, you know, with these food-related chronic diseases, there's going to be, what if, let's put it that way, what if that became under the control of your doctor? Like, this is how you are going to eat. And we have all of these sensors and ways to monitor that. And if you want to get better, I can give you this pill with all these side effects, or I can give you this diet. Okay, so now you are bringing it together in kind of an Internet of Things food tech <laughs> Boom. universe. That's right. Where the doctor control that that's seems very um, I don't know about fascist, but the, mm. you will eat this. Oh, there you are. I am seeing what's happening inside your colon right now. Rand Paul, you need to have this shake. I that's love the- this Willy Wonka supplements category where anything goes. You're gonna tell me what to eat? <laughs> so you got Rand Paul across from. I'm me. just saying it's gonna be a tough sell, my friend. Oh, it is gonna be a tough sell. It's all about nuance with uh, with big data, data, Internet of Things, connectivity. Privacy, data security, all that stuff. And can you ever mess. can you ever prescribe compliance to something like diet? Probably not. Probably not. Not in, not in America. Here you go, Josh. Damn who, it. Who, this is a quote from the article. I want to know which of these brands you would trust most. Okay. I can imagine. This is the author. Blah, blah. I can imagine a meal kit delivery company like Plated. Jenny Craig, I don't know, plated Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers International being more than willing to partner with a healthcare provider to offer discounted food plans to a captive audience. I can even see companies like Dick's Sporting Goods, Nike, and Under Armour getting into the food game. I don't think that sporting good companies are going to maybe like selling proprietary shakes, things like that. The sports market, sure. Sp- well, yeah, I guess like, but People that's almost like supplements. Sport- People look to the sports market as being smart about diet and optimized health and peak performance. It's funny because then you see professional athletes doing Domino's pizza commercials. As I, Marshawn Lynch, I think, is in the new Domino's pizza, like their whole text to order shit. You can text an emoji. Payday. And I get it. So you're you're not going to go with Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers. How about? I'm going to go with Dick Sporting. I'm a grown adult and I can (laughs) figure some of this shit out on my own. I don't need oh boy. everyone spoon-feeding me everything all the time. Oh. Can you? Can I? What are you going to do with this new fat? Segment, oh, the new fat? Segment three. The new fat will still fuck us in the end. Boffo transition. <laughs> uh, again, something we've discussed in some detail on the program. Consu- but now hitting the New York Times and a, and, a, and a reporter there on the rise, Anahad O'Connor, has written many things about the supplement. Category. Rising Pro. Oh, Rising Pro, RP. Mm-hmm. Consumers are embracing full-fat foods. Public health authorities have long urged Americans to cut back on foods high in saturated fat like butter, meat, and whole milk. But a new report on dietary fat consumption suggests that the public is increasingly eating more, not less, of these foods. And he goes on to say, butter up 14, quoting some investment banking report, I think, Credit Suisse, butter up 14%, whole milk up 11%, skim milk down 14%. Ooh. Yeah, so this is like kind of at the intersection of foods that aren't processed this is consumers as heavily and people like wanting, being like, oh, it's safe to eat fat again? Fuck oh. yeah. It's, it, so maybe there's that, but it's The also, human body is designed to crave fat and salt, so, I mean. So go with your gut. It's not that, necessarily. Uh-huh. I think part of that is like a, you eat a lot of fat when it's available just because 
back in the paleo days, you didn't know when your next meal was coming. So you fucking load up. Yeah, but you were You put on a little meal. weight and then you hike for, you know, 10, 10 weeks. Whoops. Trying to get your next meal, spear in hand. But when you're being spooned with everything and you can go to the grocery store, I don't need, I don't know that you need to like load up mm. on fat, but maybe you do. The hell do I know? Well, this is an expression of consumers doing exactly what you said. Like, mm-hmm. I know best. I can handle this. I'm going to eat whole milk despite the guidelines. Whole milk is, it's almost like eating it instead of drinking it. You're right. Oh. <laughs> so thick. Didn't even yeah. practically need to chew it. But they're about to change those guidelines, I think. 2015, they're going to change the dietary guidelines, and you can expect more plants. Yum. For sustainability reasons, I think. Less meat. Good idea. Less talk of cholesterol. I like that as someone with high cholesterol. Uh, well, if it's not off the charts, I think you're going to have doctors going like, eh. Yeah, you're going to have a hard fucking time getting me on Lipitor. Yeah, you and Shailene Woodley. Um, sugar and sodium. Those are the new, new villains. Well, sugar is not a new villain. Oh, well, the the main sugar, the main villain, sodium close behind. Look, if you want the taste of sugar in a sparkling beverage, but you don't want all the toxicity and calories, <laughs> why not grab a Dr. Zevia? Plant-based sweeteners. Should we ask them to sponsor at some point? <laughs> Probably. I mean, it makes total sense you'd want to drink a burpee yeah. beverage when you're in front of a microphone. Oh, all right. We got one more. Okay. Wake up, Whole Foods. Sorry, what? Why Whole Foods is cutting jobs, Beth Cowitt. Beth? Mm-hmm. Fortune.com. Okay. Whole Foods Market's announcement today that it will cut 1,500 jobs is the latest sign that the upscale grocer is serious about taking costs out of its system. I just keep more and more bad news for these guys. Ooh, what happened? Nothing happened. Hairstyle changed. Well, I looked down to read that. No, I mean, I pulled my hair back and put oh. my headphones on again because some tendrils of my locks were uh, tickling my cheek, like of Johnny Depp or some shit. <laughs> Happens all the time around here. Interesting article. Like, changing tides. We can't... The bottom line is that it's too much. It costs too much to shop at Whole Foods. They know that. Different strategies to fix it. Some of them are weird. Some of them were good, like self-service bakery. We don't have to cut. Yeah, you don't the need slice someone to bread. cut your bread. But they were talking about self-service. Part of that meat. is like the charm oh, of Whole Foods, right? Exactly. I kind of like going in Whole Foods because there's like a lot of people running around with the green aprons, like busy doing shit, wanting to tell me about stuff. <clears throat> They're mostly personable bunch. Hmm. Start stripping that away. See, in, the, in this whole 365 thing, they're trying to move grow. away. Right. Like, no frills. Here's your good food. It's very clear. Go back, go back to your gray box and Just, watch your glowing box now. Right. <laughs> you you don't need to talk to the baker. It's fine. Here's a, here's a pleasing interface that will deliver your sliced bread. There was, there was some talk about 365, which we like to refer to as Ufer. Yep. Because <clears throat> it's a much better name. Strong ideation. There was other, it was this was the millennial brand. This was the tech. We were going to bring more tech into the shopping. This is just the, Let's get some get some costs down. Mm-hmm. That's our. We gotta compete with big conventional grocers. We gotta compete with drones. The natural ones undercutting us, like Sprouts, etc. <laughs> drones too. In the near future, pizza drones in Russia. What are we gonna do about that? Amazon's gonna start selling food. Would you go to a self service uh, meat counter? 
No. Man, I don't no. know how they do that. I like seeing... They, they floated that. I was like, what would that even... I've been a butcher. I like seeing... I know the service I provided. Yeah. And I like seeing someone handling my meat. <sighs> oh. Whole Foods could use... This is another article. Whole Foods could use the help of an activist investor to whip it into shape. Bob Bryan, Business Insider, quote. Pro? Doubtful, but no idea. We love Business Insider. It's one of our I favorite don't news love sources. Business Insider. You're always throwing in Business Insider articles. That's you. Whole Foods' strong cash position, strong operating cash flows, strong. You're going to love this finance talk. Strong brand equity and long term unit growth potential could attract the attention of an outsider, e.g., activist. And an outsider could be the force needed to enact change at Whole Foods, wrote analysts Karen Short and Shane Higgins of Deutsche Bank. Karen's uh, influential, I know. I don't know Shane. Hmm. Go, insider. Go. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's it? That's all you got for me? Uh, uh, there is what, what does this mean? Wall Street is calling for a change in command at Whole Foods. They're yeah. trying to put pressure to say... Something needs to change. You're, yeah, you guys aren't getting it done. Yeah, you need and to get rid of the, the last shreds of your hippie idealism. And these, well, I wonder that. There's, fucking get real. I think there's two people running the show there. One of them's the face, Mackie. Well, Walter Robb's also the face, but he's more of the operator, I think. You know, let's not throw each other under the bus, guys. Yeah. We had a good run here. Well, I mean, maybe this 365 pivot works. Maybe. Nothing's, nothing's worked fast enough yet, which is the problem of being a for-profit publicly traded stock. Well, and also like an entrenched kind of business. So who would these news faces be? Who would, who would you put it? You get, so you sick one of these Bill Ackman type investors on the, on the company. See, I'm thinking farther left field. Tear it apart. Someone like. Force a management change and bring in. Richard Simmons. Okay. Like someone with that kind of energy. Uh, I would trust Richard Simmons. That kind of verve. How about just a, he, that's a, a good passion sp- for healthy eating. I think you're thinking more spokesperson than no, CEO. No, no, no. No. Because people have seen enough of Richard Simmons. They know exactly. When you say Richard Simmons, like you know what that looks like. But what you don't know, you Richard Simmons behind the scenes shaking things up. You don't need to see it. Mm, the, the Richard Simmons brand. Yeah, he's, It's just that Richard Simmons energy. He might be He's old probably too. in his 70s, but I yeah. guarantee you he is still getting shit done. Who's the young... Oh, Wolf. David Wolf? Ooh. I need a young, younger Richard Simmons. He'll bring some psychedelics into the mix. Taylor Swift style. Could be good. Is that a, was that a real quote that I saw on Spiffly? On Spiffly's Instagram? Did she really say that? No, that's a, that's a mashup. Oh, okay. It's a quote from a philosopher named Terrence McKenna, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, way to slander somebody. Spiffly. Stuck it on her face. I didn't do that. Found that. Oh, you found it. Okay. Good luck, Whole Foods. I, I feel like they're getting bullied around a little bit too much. I, I mean, think so, too. But fine. actually, speaking of psychedelics, like, get Rob and Mackie. They go on a little mushroom hunt, you know, like, sweat lodge, fucking freak out, get to the core of the problem. That should happen. You'll come out with an answer or two. It might not be the answer you think you were looking for. And we should be there right outside the yurt. Yep. Ready to podcast yep. when well, they come out. Yeah. We can we can we can kind of collect highlights too. We can have some recording equipment set up inside the sweat lodge. Ooh, bugs. We'll make sure you have everything you need. Mostly you just need water. Yeah. Some blankets. Your body you'll you'll feel chilled sometimes. You'll have a, a chill. Sometimes it'll be too hot. But you'll come out with the vision. Yeah. They don't call it a vision quest for nothing. For what the people want. 
you can essentially see Whole Foods die and then see it be reborn in your mind's eye. That's what that's the gift that psychosyllabin has for you. Ooh. I think. Do tell. <laughs> Allegedly. Next episode. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Wow. That was a whiz bang of a It was. Journey. It was. I'm proud of us. I wonder if that's yeah. We're on task. Natchcast uh, episode 29. That was a special one. I'm sorry. Natchcast 29. Uh, another one in the bag. Squirming around. Uh, looking vibrant. Looking good. Looking muscular. Live. Ready to pounce. Ready to call it. Ready to see the future. Ready to distill that future into audio news bits and narrative arcs. We're kind of like the Bob Ross of this shit. Except not as paint by numbers. We're not the Bob Ross. Are we like the Miro? The Pollock? Warhol? The Oral Roberts? What? I said Warhol. We're like the Warhol of this shit. Oh yeah, kind of. Warhol. <laughs>